Welcome to Upside Talk Politics, a left-wing political podcast where we talk about uh, politics, pop culture, and all that entails. I'm Sly. I'm Ryan. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. So, uh, this is another breaking news update. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but um, we're talking about modern events uh, in lieu of uh, a general topic. And this one, it's about the Trump-Russia shit going on. What, comrade? <laughs> there is no Trump-Russia shit. <laughs> Comrade Fake Radio, news. right, guys? That's Fake us. news, We're guys. Right oh no, we, we are, are the comrades. <laughs> yeah, we, we've we've uh, this is a twist all along. We've been the, the Russian agents all along. Yeah, we've been an alt right like secret propaganda arm. <laughs> so just a timestamp. We're recording Friday the nineteenth at like five ish. Yeah. So May nineteenth. A, a lot of uh, shit has gone down in the recent events. Uh, we could talk about other shit, but we figure talking about all the news trickling around Trump's apparent. Uh, upcoming demise <laughs> is worth at least uh, mentioning. So we're going to talk about Ru- Russia and all the uh, things circling around right now, uh, starting with the controversy in general. Can you tell us about it, Daryl? Um, so the controversy in general is just, I think everyone knows that Trump, Trump's administration and former campaign has a lot of ties to Russia. Like, for instance, uh, Jeff Sessions, the attorney general, met twice with Russian ambassador Sergei Kislyak. Rex Tillerson, secretary of state, did business with Russian companies Rosneft and Gazprom when he was ExxonMobil CEO. Uh, Michael Flynn, who was the national security advisor, he met with Kislyak, was paid by RT, which is Kremlin-funded propaganda, and visited the GRU. Okay, wait, uh, hold on. Kislyak, he's, he's a, a spy, right? He's not a spy. He's an ambassador. No, but isn't it rumored that he's like a big spy? Fake news. Is it? I I think it is. He's the one who looks like a big testicle thing. (laughs) Oh, what? You don't think so? I think he does. So okay, so he is the Russian ambassador to the U.S. But there's heavy there's heavy rumor that he's a that he's actually a spy, but Russia denies it. But that is a thing that people think. People do uh, think he's a spy. Yeah, I've never heard of someone uh, affirming, yeah, that's a spy. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying it's not just me saying that. Like, yeah, people right. do suspect that. Okay. Okay. And one of the big things, too, about these people is, like, when Sessions met with Kislyak, he didn't disclose it during his confirmation. Right. That's one of the big things on why he had to recuse himself. It's not just that he met with him. It's he met with him and then lied about it. Yeah. Yeah, and Flynn said he didn't discuss sanctions with Kislyak, but he did, and that's why he was he resigned and was let go. Especially because he lied to Pence about it, or Pence had to lie on national television. He's like, they didn't discuss sanctions. Yeah. And what was Flynn? He was the National Security Council, right? Yep. Yeah. He was the council. <laughs> he was the advisor. Yeah. Paul Manafort was a Trump campaign manager until mid-2016, was a business partner of Russian and Ukrainian oligarchs, Carter Page, who's a Trump political advisor, met with Kislyak too. The managers of Rosneft and owned shares in Gazprom. Roger Stone, a longtime associate of Trump, appeared on uh, RT and communicated with uh, the WikiLeaks hacker that said that he leaked the uh, the DNC emails. That was the thing with Roger Stone that yeah. was like so flagrant that he was like, you better watch out, Podesta, something's about to happen. And then WikiLeaks releases all his emails. He said he like, met with them. I mean, he, he like yeah. admitted it openly. But like, that's the, that's the crazy part to me is they're just like, we don't give a shit, whatever. Yeah, he said like he's friends with Julian Assange or like he <laughs> knows him. Um, so a total of, uh, so far from what I found, is 17 people close or related to Trump have ties with Russia, even including his son-in-law. Jared Kushner, he met with Kislyak too. Yeah, all on the DL. Many of them before they were appointed to any official office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What's but like what what's the Comey shit going on now? What was that all about? So okay, so this just happened like an hour ago. So I mean, Comey the... got fired an hour ago. I thought like <laughs> no. So okay, Comey was the head of the FBI. I'm sure everybody knows this. Everybody who's listening knows this. But Trump fired him, and originally they said it was because of the way he handled the Hillary investigation. Which yeah, is oh, so, so shameful. Which is one of the funniest things I've, like, ever heard. And then the day after Comey got fired, he had, uh, Trump had a meeting with, who was the one he was, that he was scheduled to have the meeting with? Does anybody remember? Because Kislyak was there, but there was another guy. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't Some remember Some Russian either. diplomat. And... 
Kislyak was there, but he wasn't on the official memo, and the American press wasn't allowed in. So we only found out that Kislyak was there because Russian media was allowed in where American media wasn't. And they, like, tweeted a bunch of pictures and stuff. And yeah, which the it, White House was like, they were upset because they didn't know they were going to do that. <laughs> Can you believe it? Russia lied to us. <laughs> and the thing that just happened was the New York Times just reported a couple hours ago that uh, during that meeting, Trump told Kislyak and the other guy, who we don't remember, that... Comey was a nut job that he fired him to take the pressure off of the Russia investigation, which is like, that's crazy. The way they, the way they spun that though is that they, according to the White House, uh, an official who was defending Trump was saying that they were trying to make it seem like all the Russia allegations have been putting a lot of political pressure on Trump, and as a result, you guys like owe me for all the shit you've caused by releasing those emails. Yeah, I saw the report that was just like, we're just trying to make good deals, you know? This is all part of the process. But they yeah. wouldn't deny that he said these things. Yeah. And also, in general, uh, there's been a lot of... Because uh, originally it was the Hillary Clinton bullshit, but uh, like almost immediately after on the interview, Trump said uh, he, he was sick of uh, Comey's investigation and shit like that. Yeah, and, like, I was going to fire him anyway. Yeah, and um, and there's like now there's like all this uh, all this chaos going on in the White House, supposedly. Uh, uh, but because uh, like now the White House stops in general, it was like stops releasing memos about anything just because they're afraid Trump will contradict in the tweet later well, that's, on. Th- that's what keeps happening. Is originally they justified his firing from a memo from Jeff Sessions, even though he recused himself, which and a memo came from um the the deputy. Yeah, yeah, Rod Rosenstein, Stein or Stein. Who knows? That's been the big debate on NPR, yeah, is, which is it. <laughs> that's an important issue of the day. Yeah, Ryan. but, but Rod, Rosenstein, Rod Rosenstein... I think uh, it's Steen. Steen sent the memo that was like, I recommend you fire him. And then the White House, everyone, all the staffers, uh, Huckabee Sanders and Spicer, said, oh yeah, that's why we did it, because the Deputy Attorney General recommended it. And then Trump did an interview with Lester Holt, and he goes, nah, I wanted to fire him. I knew I was going to fire him before that memo, and I told him to write that memo to, you know, make it look better. And it's like, what the... Guy, what are you doing? And so, like, now uh, there's a lot of uh, questions of this is obstructing of justice. And also now there's questions of witness tampering, because apparently Trump really wants to talk to Jeff Sessions and he keeps calling him, even though the uh, Trump's lawyer is saying, "Stop calling Jeff Sessions, yeah. you fucking idiot." The main and one of the main one of the main things too is he reportedly had a, a meeting with Comey, where it was Comey, Pence, and Sessions, and he made Pence and Sessions leave, and then he told Comey, "You know, Michael Flynn's a really nice guy. Uh, you should let this go. You should let this investigation go." Which like you can't do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, oh wait, hold on. One other thing that's yeah. just crazy. Kevin McCarthy, the whip of so the second top uh, Republican in the House. So he whip said he said there's only <laughs> whip and chain. <laughs> Yo, whip and chain. He said he said that I think Trump pays Putin and everybody. I mean, no, I'm sorry, the other way around. I think Putin pays Trump. This is when he was running for uh for president and everybody laughed and he's like i swear to god and paul ryan was like we should not talk about this and then it came out that it was recorded and one of paul ryan's staffers said oh he never said that and the washington post was like we have a recording of it and he's like oh then it was a joke <laughs> it's like, even though he said i'm serious in the recording. yeah so it's I just don't like think he said i swear to god but it was after a bunch of laughter and yeah. before a bunch of laughter like yeah, yeah. i don't want to <laughs> I don't want to stand up and defend Republicans, but I could see it being a joke. Being like, because he said, like, yeah. uh, Putin pays two people. There's this one um, senator who was voted like best friend of Putin one year or something, <laughs> and yeah. Trump, and then laughed. And it's just so the other stuff that, like, just the other stuff that's really important is apparently Comey took a lot of notes and memos, which is why he rose to kind of notoriety during the Bush years because he did the same thing where there was like a problem with surveillance and Comey was like, I have all these detailed notes and they're like, oh, I guess Comey's right then. <laughs> and so a lot of people, like basically everybody is trying to get copies of these memos now to see exactly how much or if any obstruction of justice Trump had. 
Yeah, and Comey kept all these memos uh, uh, just because he wanted to be on the record before any of the shit went down that uh, this is what he was thinking rather than people saying, like, this is him after the fact he got right. fired. Yeah. Right. So a lot of this stuff that we've been talking about revolves around sanctions. You mentioned that before. Um, that Russia has been sanctioned by the U.S. and other Western powers. And this leads into... So what's uh, a sanction, Phil? Yeah, a sanction <laughs> is a... Well, in this case, is an economic sanction to punish a country for some kind of international transgression. You say... We're going to stop trading certain things with you in order to hurt their economy. Or you place, like, tariffs on them. Yeah. Um, And so to really understand this topic, we have to go back to 2014 when Ukraine, or Crimea, a part of Ukraine, was uh, annexed by Russia. um, And the U.S. and other powers um, sanctioned Russia's economy, really. So wait, what exactly does that mean? Did Russia just say, we want this now, this is ours? (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> so this, this is really this is a really complicated topic because this is what Russia has been doing for a long time is they neighboring regions of the world like Georgia in 2008 Ukraine in 2014 have a lot of Russians there so I I really I hate I'm not calling Putin Hitler I hate making Hitler comparisons but, <laughs> but it's, same, a very, it's a very valid he, he did what Hitler did he, right he the said, same way that, that the Nazis the Nazi government said there are Germans in Austria they should be part of the greater German empire there are Aust- there are Germans in the Sudetenland of Czechoslovakia so we have the right to protect Germans there um, yeah. and we will use military force to protect ethnic Germans living in Czechoslovakia uh, that's what the Russians do they say there are Russians in Ukraine and if they want to be part of Russia, we're going to send the military in to allow this to happen. Of course, behind the scenes, there's a lot of fighting because not all Ukrainians want to be part of Russia. Um, <laughs> but the the idea here goes back again, 2014. Not to give, I don't want to, I don't want this to turn into a history lesson. But you know, you I, first you can go back to 2014 with Ukraine. Then you can go back to 2008 with Georgia. Then you can go back to the Soviet Union. And really, this all stems from the Cold War. West versus East. Um, I'm not. We're not even going to get into capitalism, communism. Regardless of ideology, it's two world powers fighting for global hegemony. You know, it's 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 just a, it's imperialism. It's not even communism versus capitalism. It's just yeah. imperialism. Two right. two powers trying to fight for control of the world. It's not even. Basically. It's I, I, it's not necessarily imperialism because they're not. It's they're not always trying to annex these places. They are trying to spread. But they want influence. to have influence on these regions of the world. Right. Like that's that's why we that's why we tolerate shitheads like Turkey and right. Erdogan because we want to control that. Uh, we want some uh, influence in that region of the world. And and I, yeah. I I have no doubt that thirty years from now they're going to talk about this as either. An extension of the Cold War or Cold War Two or something like that. Cold um, War Two or some. I mean, it, it sounds stupid, but World War One and World War Two sounded stupid too. That's true. We're just, That's true. We're just used to it uh, because all of this, this stuff that's been going on now, is an extension of this global influence fight where yeah. where Russia wants to extend their influence. They they see and know that West the West is their enemy, which is. Not untrue, right? The NATO countries uh, are were created. NATO was created to go against Russia and right. still exists. Like. Exactly, and places like Ukraine, they, they there's still shit about this where we tried to put uh, missile defense systems in Ukraine, and they're like, "This is a direct attack against us if you do that," because they are our buffer between NATO and our own country. So, places like Ukraine, places like Georgia, are are hot spots because. They are trying to spread their influence there. So what does this look like? In the modern day, we don't... Well, we do still have proxy wars. But uh, in most cases, instead of having what happened during most of the Cold War, where one side would support um, an official government, Syria with Russia right now, and the other side would support rebels, like us with the moderate rebels, in most cases today, though, it's more of a a political influence thing, where Russia's not going to support um, in France or in the U.S. like... uh, attacks against anti-Russia people, or but they will try to influence the populace to be more pro-Russia. Ukraine yeah. is, a, is, a, is a perfect example, too, because the Crimeans, a lot of them did feel like they had to choose between West and Russia, and the, the president at the time, was, or the prime minister, was leaning towards the West, looking to the West for help, and they, they saw this as a threat. They say, well, we have to act now. We have to get our pro-Russia people to stage an uprising. And if that means 
sending in troops to defend them, or what do they say at the time? They're like, oh, we those are just pro-Russian random militia groups, even though they were Russian soldiers. Um, yeah, they didn't they have, like, almost the same uniforms? And, yeah, they like, just had, like, the like tag that. removed. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, those are just Russian soldiers on vacation in Ukraine. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, it, this this whole influence war is it, and the meddling in the election in, in the United States is all part of this fight for global power. Because what they see is if, if we – what they did with Georgia in 2008, they invaded part of Georgia. They took it over. What did the West do? They put their thumbs up their butts. So they see this as, this is Putin again, says, well, that means we're not going to be stopped, so let's try again. Ukraine, the West drew like a line in the sand and said, no, we're going to sanction you for that. And the sanction has severely hurt Russia's economy. Their GDP yeah. dropped mm-hmm. tremendously. They are in the shitter with the economy. And again, not to make Hitler comparisons, but Hitler w- would take pieces of what he could and see how the rest of the world responds. And, and when, when, they are, when there is no pushback, it, you're just telling that person they can do more. So Ukraine was a, a time when the West said, all right, no, fuck you. You, you can't okay. do that without punishment. I have a yeah, question, and, Phil. Yeah. So they, like, it was one of those things with Ukraine and Crimea where, like you mentioned, they weren't, it wasn't, it wasn't definite that it was them, but everybody knew it was them. Why? What's the point? If they were still punished for it, like, why deny it? It's... It, internationally, like inter- as far as international law goes, this is no, this is not like a declaration of war. This oh, isn't a, okay. a military invasion. This is like what what we do, what we did in, in Korea and Vietnam, and what they did in Georgia. They they're like this is a, a peacekeeping mission. Okay, so if they were to like or, actually march in troops, the UN would respond with right. force. And, 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 also, and also, there's an advantage to strongmen like like Putin and Hitler. Like one thing they like to do is disrupt how enemies are supposed to react. If it's a, if it's like a, a straight up declaration of something versus just a, a bunch of uh, smoke and mirror bullshit, I gotcha, uh, I gotcha. it's easier to coalesce against an agreement against that of force. Like right now, like doing like a lot of GOP don't know uh, don't uh, are 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 less willing to go against uh, Russia, Russia uh, because now. Uh, they're like, oh, what's what are they actually doing? Like, oh yeah, the Crimea, Crimea's part Russian, whatever. As we like, it's 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 easier to fragment your opposition that way. Yeah, and I've heard people say that. Yeah, this proxy war though is actually that's one of the main issues that's going on right now is because like Russia has opposite intentions as us in a country like Iran, and yeah. when Trump told Kislyak and whoever the other mystery guy was <laughs> that. He gave them, a, reportedly, he mentioned confidential information or classified information that is technically not illegal because the president can declassify whatever he wants, but it was given to us from Israel. So now, because Russian knows information from Israel, it puts Israel's trust in us. So like, it's not like we're going to war, but Israel now isn't as comfortable with us as they were before because Russian's going to tell Iran. Like, it's the same kind of proxy stuff. Which is... Like something that no president who ever lived during the Cold War would ever have done, and yeah. like he, it's just another reason that Trump just he he. This is not his element. Like he, this is this is such a complicated geopolitical situation that we could have a whole podcast about, like a whole like a whole show about, and the I don't mean one episode, you know, but a whole yeah. uh, podcast series. You mean? Yes, exactly. And like to the fact that he just. He, he just doesn't he's like if everything can be condensed into bullet points like no it can't actually this is a, a really complicated political game across the whole world for decades well this and, is the same guy who said uh who knew china would be so complicated like, yeah. all the, yeah. one china policy and, shit like and that. he was just bragging about like look at this great intel i have because he doesn't realize that like there's six layers deep that this goes right and it's just a it's a really complicated situation and yeah, I'm. Uh, it's not like there that the U.S. I'm not trying to say like Russia bad, U.S. good because um, that's I, not true. That's not fully true at all. Yeah, I, like it's the U.S. also meddles with elections throughout the whole Cold War in order to again spread our influence as opposed to Russian influence. So well, if, we talked if, about that a lot in the Reagan episode, right? Yeah. So that's it's not like um, I'm not trying to say you know it's good versus evil. I am saying though that uh, we are on one side and. Our in, our security is being compromised by an asshole, and at yeah. the center of this whole this whole Cold War One, Cold War Two potential stuff 
is Vladimir Putin. He's not just on the scene as of a few years ago. He's been around, right, Ryan? Yes, he has. <laughs> so he's actually been around since the Cold War. He joined the KGB in the 70s, and the KGB is like Russian James Bonds, right? They're the CIA for them. Probably. Yeah. Like, yeah. And basically, he was like a figure that throughout the 70s and 80s and 90s was like an advisor to head people and like part of like lots of different, you know, international affairs committees. And he was on the Foreign Relations Committee. And the thing that I always forget is like Russia hasn't had presidents for a long time, like for that long. He was the second president. Yeah. So yeah. like uh, he... So basically, and, in, and he was coming off the presidency of a drunk asshole who people hated. So anything, anything that showed strong leadership was uh, extremely well received. Boris yeah. Yeltsin was known to just be drunk in the office all the time and be like, "I don't know what I'm doing." Yeah. So <laughs> during the '90s, Putin became the head of the presidential administration and control department of the presidency under Boris Yeltsin. And then he became the chief of the Federal Security Service. So he was, like, their head law enforcement guy. And then when Boris Yeltsin... Well, Boris Yeltsin uh, made him the prime minister in 1999. And then just a couple months later, Yeltsin resigned and Putin is elected president. And one of the things that throughout Putin's elections is there's always a lot of smoke that's like, hey, this is... You're definitely rigging these elections. But, you know, we don't have any evidence, so what are you going to do? But he became the president from 2000 to 2004. Then he re-ran. And during this time, he actually signed a treaty with George W. Bush to limit their nuclear warheads. So they did. he did start to, like, ease up on the arms race between us and America. We are America, Ryan. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we are the comrades. No, you know what I mean. I assume this was when George Bush uh, was like, he looked into Putin's heart and realized he was a good man. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and called him Pooty Poot, I think. Yeah. Pooty Pooty. And the thing that I find so interesting is during this, so in 2004, he's reelected in a landslide. And during his second term, he actually did start to open up Russia a lot more to the Western world. So, like, he was the first Russian leader to visit Israel. He met with Tony Blair and announced increased cooperation. He was the first Russian leader to visit Sub-Saharan Africa. And in 2007, he was named Time Person of the Year. Well, that usually doesn't mean much. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Hitler was, too. Yeah, but he... I didn't know any of this stuff. Like, I didn't... I thought he was always, like, the Putin that we recognize. Hmm. But that... The pooty pooty we were all recognized. Right? Yeah, but that came more later on. So in 2008, he uh, Dmitry Medvedev was elected president, and two hours after he was sworn in, he made Putin the prime minister. What? Sly, come back! <laughs> ah, fuck you all! Sly Sorry. drove off in his car. It is really hot, so my window's open, so you're gonna hear uh, the sounds of New York City as ambient noise. <laughs> yeah. Now everyone knows where he lives. The KGB's coming for you, Sly. Well, I got, you know, uh, the KGB on my side because I'm Comrade Radio. <laughs> yeah. So, in 2008, uh, Putin becomes Prime Minister. And do you guys know the difference between Prime Minister and President in Russia? I actually no. didn't. That's what I was I curious because I knew he was one first and now he's the other. But um, I, I, what's the difference? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know either. So, there's a difference. So it's just like, it's just like, <laughs> there, there is one, but... I just a lot of countries do it differently, like you know. I know Prime Minister gets appointed, but uh, President gets elected, right? <laughs> Maybe that's the difference. Okay, yeah. so the President is the central role, right. and they have they run the executive branch, and right. they can fire the Prime Minister any day, any way they want. But it doesn't seem to be a. I don't think the President like. One of the things that's happened throughout history, or throughout, you know, modern Russian history, is Putin has increasingly taken on more power. So even though he's not... So even though he was just the prime minister at the time, he was still doing a lot of stuff. He was still, like, the face of the country. Right. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even know about the, anyone else besides Putin. Yeah, so, he, so basically in 2008... Like I said, Medvedev becomes president. Putin is the prime minister. Now, 
he so now three years later medvedev calls to unite russia to everyone endorse putin for president in 2012 so he isn't president he lets somebody else be president who gives him a huge job and then endorses putin to become the president again and then he gives the prime ministership to medvedev so obviously they're working very closely together this like this like incestuous party relationship reminds me a lot of the Soviet Union too, where it's a, yeah. a, a few communist party members just jerking each other off and pushing each other out for power and like a few of them helping each other. Yeah. So Putin is president, he and then Medvedev is president, and then Putin is prime minister, and then they switch. And Putin wins the presidential election with just uh, just under sixty five percent of the vote, and there's a lot of there's widespread complaints of voter fraud, but who he's not gonna Who's going to enforce this? And he, he is pretty popular in Russia. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like any strong man. Like, the difference between him and Trump is like, uh, tr- people like a strong man, but Putin's actually effective at leadering compared to Trump. So like, he doesn't have the, the downside of Trump in that regard. Yeah. So then during his third term, starting in 2012, that's when he starts to get much more of the Putin that we recognize. So he passes a law that bans U.S. citizens from adopting Russian children. It bans U.S.-funded civic, civic groups from operating in Russia. He, that's when he, in 2013, he publishes an op-ed in the New York Times criticizing Obama and uh, attacking American exceptionalism. I and remember be- when that came out and, yeah. Uh, yeah, people were like, yeah, fuck you, Obama. Just another example of the Times letting assholes write op-eds that go against their morals oh i'll be talking about uh, new york times writing op-ed assholes (laughs) in a second but uh i actually know about one thing i know about uh the culture in russia is that putin also he he heavily backs the conservative religious groups that's one of the reasons why he has so much power and that's also why uh anti-gay uh movements are so uh, prevalent in russia because uh basically uh, Putin allows them to get more and more power in these anti-LGBT groups. Yep, and it's yeah. it's worth noting too, like Ryan said before, that you know the Russian Federation that we think of today is only like twenty years old, and a lot of these ex-Soviet countries, whether it's Russia itself or a lot of the Eastern European like ex-Soviet satellites, like they they like this idea of like a strong leader that will keep the country together in, in times because they went through how many years of famine and chaos and the idea yeah. that you know there was the the chechnya crisis under putin's rule and he used troops to like keep the country together like they they look at this as like strong leadership and even it's crazy i i talk to people who are like from romania and other ex-soviet countries whose parents are like fuck communism fuck russia but they are like in the in the whole debate between U.S. and Russia, like they're like Russia is the good guy. Like they, they see Russia as their ally, even though I'm like, when Russia invades your country, you're not going to be thinking this. But I guess that's just well. One of the yeah. things that I think Putin does with his propaganda machine is he doesn't, even though he does things that really really hurt them. So like in 2014, he signed a decree that. If any country has sanctions against them, they Russia cannot import food or agriculture. So, like, when they have famine, that he's just like, nope, we need less food. Fuck you guys. But the way his propaganda machine works is he do- they don't necessarily focus on how... Like, they do, obviously, but his main... Focus on how great Russia is. But his main force, his main idea isn't Russia's so great. It's America's so much worse. Right, yes. Yeah. And which has always been also a Soviet thing. Like, oh, you think we're so bad with our starving people? Well, you look what you do to black people. Like, that was always... Yeah. That's also something that Hitler, the Nazis actually uh, yeah. did too. They, 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 they will point out shit like uh, the KKK and the Americans. Like, look what the Americans, they're filth, what they have. And a lot of a lot of Russians are like, uh, when, they, when there's famine and stuff, they're like, it's the fucking West starving us. It's the West doing this yeah. to us. It's the West hurting our economy. It's America killing our jobs etc etc and that's why like a lot of people were like well why would why would putin want trump to be president why would he push him and it's because he represents such a destability obviously like just turn on the news and like it's it's i think that's what a lot of people don't understand about this whole trump russia thing is it's not that putin wants to be friends with trump it's he wants america to be shitty also, yeah. you, also, you want. It's a very easy way to fragment America. Yeah, like, exactly. Everyone, everyone knew uh, beforehand that Trump, that Trump would be a divisive figure. Like he, he came in with the lowest approval rating 
of any uh, incoming president ever. He uh, like he's not a establishment. He's not he's not a, he's not a person that fits easily with the GOP as it exists. And he obviously doesn't know how to run. Hey, how about he he said before when he was running for office? Hey, fuck NATO. The yeah. one group formed to fight Russia, and he's yeah. like, "Do we really care that much about NATO?" And Putin, that must—that's fucking music to his ears. Like, yeah. oh my god, yeah, fuck NATO. He's still threatening to leave NATO. Yeah, yeah. it's it's it, it's because the only way that actually, the US since has been... he is doing this European tour this week, by the time this episode comes out, we might have left NATO. <laughs> oh yeah. no, I, I don't think I don't think we would. I, but like, <laughs> you the, don't think a lot of things would have happened. That's in, true. In but the week. the whole like the whole reason the U.S. One of the main reasons the U.S. Uh, was more successful in the Soviet Union was we have a, a strong, tight knit alliance with countries like, with like France and Britain and Canada, and we we use this force called NATO to, to force communism out of these countries, and contain it. And the idea that we would just shatter this union that that Britain leaves the eurozone, that that France almost elected a Trump like figure who would leave the EU, like this, the idea of all these this this strong western coalition breaking is like that that makes russia a world power if they, if they can succeed with that i know i know there's also some stories about uh supposedly there were email leaks against uh french uh macaron too right were, yeah mm-hmm. yeah the day before the election or the day of it might it might not even be like uh uh, uh you know i don't know how much of it's confirmed the, the hacking accusations against russia but even if even if all the the, the if, if there are true even if uh, Putin just wanted to disrupt uh, and weaken the the neoliberal leaders, he's the, doing a uh, good job. But even if he, even even if even if he wanted to just do that, he probably didn't anticipate all these crazy radicals like Trump <laughs> rising above it. He probably but this works for what he wants yeah. so well. Yeah. And when I say good job, I don't mean he's doing a, like a yeah, morally a good thing. <laughs> I mean he's successful. At we it. at Comrade Radio <laughs> prove you, uh, Putin. <laughs> So on top of this, we should also clarify how shady uh, Putin is in general, because he was a former KGB agent. So a lot of this isn't confirmed. We don't know. Uh, like this is one of those things. Like you'll never know all the stuff until the Putin regime collapses or whatever, and we open the books like we did of uh, Soviet Russia. But uh, the one example is Alexander Levitnenko. I can't say Levitnenko. <laughs> he was a, a, a Russian former member of the Russian Federal Security uh, Services. He went to seek political asylum in the United, United Kingdom, and basically started suffering from radiation poisoning. Like, and like the, severe radiation, polonium poisoning. Not like, not like just random. Like polonium, you don't just walk like find that in in nature. Yeah, and he said, and and, and Ludvidenko, whatever his name is, uh, said like this was Putin. He fucking killed me, and like he's never been confirmed, but like. Uh, uh, he was a Putin critic, and he died from this really strange uh, way, you know, really strange illness. And and there's other uh, other people like uh, former Russian lawmaker and Kremlin if, critic. If I recall correctly, the coroner who found that was polonium. Uh, they died too. Oh, I didn't know about that. I didn't either. That's right. Actually, let me yeah. let me look it up. Uh, just real quick before I start spouting fake news. When Sly mentioned that, it jogged my memory. The other Russian guy that Trump met with was Lavrov, Sergey Lavrov. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. and so uh, there was another. While I was looking that up, there was another guy, a former Russian lawmaker and Kremlin critic. He fled to Ukraine uh, in um, last year, and he was shot outside uh, his hotel in broad daylight. And uh, people accused that oh, of being linked, that, yeah. being linked to Putin as well. And like, so there's all, there's all these people saying like uh, Putin's KGB, and like being KGB, just like a, a former CIA agent, you know, they're a shady piece of shit. They had to be. Just hey, to... hey, you remember that time? You remember that time that uh, somebody was interviewing Trump and he was like, well, you really think Putin's a good guy? Like, he, like, kills journalists and stuff. And Trump's like, so does America, whatever. Yeah. Which, is, which is true, but, like, like, it's one of those things, like, uh, Putin relies on that, the fact that there's a lot of critics of our shit. But just because we're shitty doesn't mean Russia's any better. Yeah. Right, and I, I will I will always, even though I'm willing to sit on this podcast every two weeks and shit on America, I will always... Defend that it is less shitty than Russia has been for a long yeah. time. Yeah, me too. Even though, like, I, like I was saying, like, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a communist, or whatever. I'm not saying that as defense of the Soviet Union or or any existing communist regimes. I'm more of like the it is an economic policy that could theoretically work, not the things I call themselves communist in history. So that don't no one misconstrue me as a fucking 
uh, Soviet Union apologists or whatever. But uh, I mean, that's a whole a, other yeah episode. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. also, but also, uh, just because I don't like America doesn't mean I'm, I support fucking uh, uh, asshole like Putin, who's a fucking uh, anti-LGBT, who's a, who uh, yeah. kills journalists. Like that's, that's not... the thing is like we we do shady shit and we have throughout our history. But it's like whenever you compare, it's like yeah, we we are. We censor free speech sometimes. We don't shoot journalists. I, I was teaching about Tiananmen Square today, and I had Chinese students that were like, yeah, well, uh, Americans, you know, America, didn't you see the police beating people at uh, some protests recently? And I'm like, like, 2,000 students being shot by the army and then any trace of it being censored from the internet is very different than police brutality. We can still fight to be better, but we're, like... Right. We're, yeah. Just as an aside, it was the radiation expert that discovered the poison that killed Litvinenko. Um, he committed suicide by stabbing himself repeatedly with two knives in his kitchen. That doesn't seem <laughs> what you know. Okay, we laugh about we laugh about this stuff, but it's such a scary thing because it happens a lot. Actually, like, uh, like I don't remember how many years ago it was now. Maybe before there was that British MI6 agent who committed suicide by killing himself in his apartment. Going into a bag, sealing it from the outside, and removing yeah. his door. Yeah, like, <laughs> shit. This happens. Like uh, shit, like this happens. Yeah, look at all the people Hillary killed, right, guys? Oh, well, yeah, actually, exactly. that's actually. So, I I like the, we're we're talking about all this Russia stuff because this is like breaking news for us, right? This is the conspiracy of our lifetime. We're we're talk, thinking about. But if you go if you go on on right wing sites right now, like I when I go between our Facebook group and the Donald, I legitimately feel like I'm living in two separate realities because they are like it's. The conspiracy has been proven. Seth Rich has been oh, was proven to be killed God. by Hillary Clinton, and they're like, they're like, it's they're about to go to jail. Like they, okay. the same way we're like, Trump's going to be impeached. They're like Hillary I and Obama. To, I need to just clarify, just very briefly. This is why so many people in this country don't think the Russia stuff is a big deal because when these stories were breaking the last week, all Fox News was reporting on was a DNC staffer that. Allegedly, the FBI took his laptop and they discovered all these WikiLeaks things that he was found dead. But it is it is a suspicious death because he was just shot randomly outside in DC and uh, like after. But they were they were reporting that like his family hired PIs and his family spoke out and said, "No, we didn't. This isn't real. He's like, please let our son rest. He Hillary didn't kill him, or unless the family is being threatened by the DNC." Mm -hmm. Because they killed, they killed the son. Why wouldn't they kill the family? Uh, tangential breaking news: uh, Roger Ailes died this week as well, uh, the f founder of Fox News. And uh, like you know, the traditional uh, idea is you have to speak well of the dead because they're dead. But uh, fuck him. And one of the reasons why fuck him is because this is part of his plan to basically uh, he like they were, like the right wing, the Michelle Bachmans and the Sean Hannity. They'll talk about the fucking real America, like the the other half is living in the matrix so when phil talks about we live in two different countries we are and it's thanks and to people like Roger sean, sean hannity was going on and on about seth rich and it's like can you believe that this guy died all these things and like just the whole week was all about this guy and then people said bad things about roger ailes because he was like the worst and he was like you can't speak ill of the dead especially if you're going to use it for political gain and i'm like yeah you can see <laughs> these like sandwiched between seth rich tweets like fuck. no but seth rich was an american hero now Oh, and so is Roger Ailes, according to. Uh, I mean, I mean, like the Seth Rich stuff. Like, I I went pretty deep reading this stuff. Like, I I was so entranced with this because, like, as I I'm reading about it, you guys posting every day about new Russia stuff, I see them being like, "We're almost there. Hillary and Obama are about to go to jail," and like they they like they are con they are convinced that. Are you uh, implying that we're just as delusional? Well, so this is a perfect segue into my uh, topic because, in some cases, we are just as delusional. And... I, I, I've lost my perspective. I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> yeah, you went too deep. This was my fear when you started visiting it, is that you go too deep. I don't know what's true or not. So my perspective on the whole Russia thing is, uh, it's ironic that I, I want, I was the one who suggested we should talk about it, but it's mostly because it's something that's really prevalent and there's, and, there's, and everyone's, uh, one person on their Facebook group, which is the max we've ever had for a quest, is asking that we cover it. So I, I thought we should cover it, but in, in reality, I'm not sure this is as big as some people are imagining it. Like some people are imagining like they hacked actual fucking voting machines and shit like that. Oh yeah, that's I've yeah. heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. So when people say they hacked the election, what does that mean? A lot, the the like hacking the election. Some people uh, 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 take it incredibly broadly, saying like they hacked the voting machines. 
the general uh, idea is very vague, and this is uh, uh, like the idea in general is that they hacked it by influence by hacking the emails and leaking them, and that influenced our election, which is like which is uh, annoying, but uh, it's not as far as some people are implying it. Like uh, Trump was working with the Russians and all this sh that shit, which is what I'm going to discuss. An article by Vox, a really good article that came out. Just the other day, Democrats are falling for the fake news about Russia. Written by Zach Bouchamp. Uh, of Russia's shill. Yeah, Russia's shill. Putin himself <laughs> is writing this. Yeah, so, and he's not, it brings up a bunch of uh, headlines. Uh, Donald Trump is about to resign as a result of the Russia scandal. Bernie Sanders and, and Sean Hanley are Russian agents. <laughs> and, like that. and like And, and, he, and uh, Bouchamp causes the Russia spear, the fake news bubble for liberals. And one thing about the fake news, like liberals like math, mock it, uh, fake news. One reason why fake news didn't catch on with the right wing was because of the left wing was because uh, the, uh, uh, the the fake news people didn't they didn't discriminate what, what what they were right about. Basically, they noticed that uh, the left wingers were less susceptible to the the shit they made up than right wingers. So they, as it became a self link cycle, whatever you want to call it, where the more right wingers bought into the fake news, the more uh, fake news started catering to right wingers. But now uh, the left, the they got a avenue for left wingers, which is through Russia, because there's so much conspiracy going on about Russia. Now fake news is spreading on the liberal side thanks to this Russia stuff. And it talks. The article talks about Louis Louis Mensch, who was a former oh, right wing. Oh yeah, well Louise Mensch is. Yeah, she, she was a former a former right wing British parliamentarian, and she has 283,000 followers on Twitter. And she's a she's a fucking insane person. She's claimed yeah. Edward Snowden was part of a. Uh, years in the making, Russian plot to discredit Hillary Clinton. Uh, Sarah and Orrin Hatch of Utah uh, will be the, will be president soon because everyone in the, the White House and in the the, ho the House of Representatives, you know, Paul Ryan, they're so in on this Russia thing that they'll all get arrested, and Senator Orrin Hatch will be the survivor, and we'll have President Orrin Hatch. And he said Anthony Weiner wasn't sexting a 15 year old but a Russian hacker, and uh, he was taken down <laughs> oh as far as this Russian hacking thing. And the protests against police brutality in Ferguson were secretly a Russian plot. Okay, yeah, that was the best. To one. quote the to <laughs> quote the guys from Pod Save America that Louise Mensch is when you spend all day spewing like dozens of ridiculous conspiracy theories. Every once in a while, one will come true. None of those, obviously. Yeah. But then people use it as like, look, look, she knows. Yeah, there's a lot of Twitter accounts that they make a lot of crazy predictions. And they yeah. save them, and then when they come true, they like publish them. Alex Jones, nowadays. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's, and she's not just her. There's uh, a former NSA spook, John Schindler, who's another a big person. Uh, DC area photographer Claude Taylor, and there's also a website called the Palmer Report. It has seventy thousand Facebook fans, and the website receives uh, four hundred thousand visitors a month. So there is an audience for this shit. Yeah. Okay. And the worry, and the worry is like this will discredit the Russian investigation because now there's all like, people spreading all this bullshit. Maybe and this they are Russian shills making people discredit the Russia discredit the Russian investigation. Ah, <laughs> oh, you see, because oh my God, it's fifty dimensional chance. <laughs> guys, again, the problem though, the problem though with that is when the the actual news is also so it's so hard to tell the difference sometimes. Yeah, because like there was an article that was. Uh, by Reuters, but also confirmed by MSNBC, Time, The Hill, and they all like that the Trump campaign had at least eighteen undisclosed contacts with Russia, and this yeah. was from yesterday. That's a lot. Like, yeah. and that's the thing is, like, it's it's so hard to tell sometimes because well, that's the difficulty. Is I know that it's not it's not like there's a stamp of 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 genuineness. It's yeah. like how how trustworthy does a source need to be before it go graduates from fake news to real news, yeah. like. Is it just a, a a quantity of evidence, and how strong? How do you rate evidence? You know, yeah. there's like this is the difficulty in in this episode, and that's one of the things that Russia did a lot too. Was they actually created a, like lots and lots of fake Facebook and Twitter accounts that would then share these things and be yeah. like, see, so it's not just you're not just seeing the website, you're seeing a friend of a friend posting it. Yeah. And so, um, like Ryan said, like there's, there's all the it's like what is, what, what is the line get drawn? And that's where the, the article talks with a bunch of professors about about this issue. And it says like the fact that there is a, a legitimate suspicion of conspiracy, like there is an investigation going on uh, by the FBI and shit like that. 
now people are so desperate to fill in the blanks that uh, they, they basically open the ground for this. And the article condemns a lot of uh, mainstream publications for giving credence to these conspiracy theories. Like New York Times, they published a Mensch article and um, uh, former DNC uh, chair Don Brazil uh, uh, thanked uh, Mensch for the article and said she made good, good journalism. So you have a stamp approval from the former DNC chair and from the New York Times. Jeez. And then you have uh, the former DNC communications chapter, Adrian Watson, uh, retweeted Mensch claims that the Russians were blackmailing uh, Jason Chaffetz. Uh, Senator Ed Marquet, a Democrat uh, from Massachusetts, was forced to apologize for starting a false claim that a New York grand jury was investigating Trump in Russia. His sources were mentioned in the Palmer report. And it goes on and on. Keith Olbermann made a video, a popular video for GQ based on uh, uh, Taylor's accusations about that Russia could happen imminently. Like, uh, he knows that, uh, like, Claude Taylor says, like, the grand juries were being formed, the impeachment proceedings were begun, begun. Like, it's not mainstream yet, but I know because my sources are telling me this. And there's also, like, other. Like and like like the, all the other fucking conspiracy theories, uh, everywhere. Not just related to these guys. That off the top of my head, uh, that I could think of in November, like uh, the Washington Post in November 20, November twenty sixteen, the Washington Post published a story that relied heavily on the report by a site called Properna, which is an anonymous website that uh, said, "Oh, we determined what is Russian propaganda influencing American." Media and what isn't, and uh, 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 this is based on Wikipedia. Andrew Cockburn, Washington editor for Harper's, was sharply Cockburn. Uh, Cockburn, yes. Okay. But I, 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 top of his funny name, I found this comment really funny. He called the article by the Washington Post a sorry piece of trash. And <laughs> that same site proper, not that that was uh, said. We're going to go to our site uh, by to see which is propaganda or not, and which was backed up by the Washington Post. That site later claimed that uh, Bernie Sanders was a Kremlin agent. So, like, uh, it's very widespread that people. But isn't this exactly what Russia wanted to happen? Yeah, but like that's that's the, like that's that's why I bring this up. The ultimate point of why I bring this up is people are so, like, even on our forums, like people are so uh, anxious to hear more about this Russia stuff, when in reality, uh, like, even if it ha- even if it uh, unfolds. It's not going to solve much in terms of like shit going on in our government. First of all, because uh, Pence is not going to be that much better than Trump in a lot of ways. But even well, if, I've uh, heard that Pence is going to go down too if Trump goes. Pence down. is super involved in this campaign yeah. too. He was head of the transition, and when you have things like Flynn, Obama told Trump Flynn was under investigation, and it's been reported that they knew that Flynn was under federal investigation when he was given the job and the security clearance. Yeah. So slide. we're not... getting, we're getting president Paul Ryan. Get it. No, yeah. Paul Ryan's would even, I'd rather have fucking Trump or Pence over. Ryan. I don't want to, you know, but either way, my point is people should stop fucking speculating so much. And even the media, especially fucking, uh, uh, backing up these fucking garbage sources, just in the desperate yes. search for, it, more information it can be difficult though because i i feel like this is it's not the same level and there's the evidence for each of these is not the same at all but but emotionally it's the same as during the benghazi incident with hillary that we're experiencing right now where we want something so terrible to be true to um get yeah, rid but of that Trump. was nothing yeah because he was <laughs> bullshit though because like it, it's what the... there's different different amounts of evidence. this has a lot of real evidence yeah i since i'll be honest since the beginning i've been like he's not getting impeached none of this is gonna go anywhere yeah, like, well, yeah okay that's the thing is i don't want to piss on this parade but unless we win the house he is not getting impeached no i think he, he can get unless he committed some serious crimes yes. i don't think he actually did yeah that's the thing they have to find the money that he paid russia to hack into the dnc emails or there's one other, like he lifts sanctions tomorrow or they have to find proof of collusion or or that he's in in somehow in some way indebted to like russian private interests who can then leverage that or yeah. there's all the obstruction of justice stuff with the fbi that's they're ne- they're never we yeah, need yeah. the house that's too, for that. Too, yeah. No, that's the thing is all the people that are like, oh, he's gonna get impeached, it's at the bare minimum it'll be if we win the house. And also you still need sixty seven senators to vote on it. Again, that's it's, it's worth noting difficult. Like I've said like we've said before, no president's been impeached for actual crimes. They're impeached because they're not liked. Like Yeah, yeah it's always if, political. It, yeah, if But we've never had a president like Trump. That's true. Yeah, yeah but true. Uh, but the question is, like, my, my opinion is that the cover-up is worse than the crime. I think he probably owes money to Russia and he has some shady be- dealings, but in the end, like, they're probably not that much worse than the, the dealings any politician has with multinational companies for uh, political favors anyway. 
But those are all. But casinos. you mentioned he, you know, came in with the lowest approval rating of all time. Yeah, it does. It does. It does matter too if it's if it's political a pressure you, does matter. Yeah, if you owe money to a sovereign nation versus a multinational company, yeah, it sucks that they're going to suck corporate dick, but they're not exposing us. They're not exposing us to a foreign country's influence. And also, here's the big thing I think that it really comes down to if we're going to talk impeachment. Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan, all they want, all they give a shit about is tax cuts for the rich. Yeah. And as soon as, if, if this Trump stuff gets so, it keeps going the way it's been going for the last two weeks. If it keeps going where it's just every single day there's another breaking story that's like bigger than any scandal Obama had, we now have every single day. If the pressure, if the political pressure gets so strong that the GOP can't do any legislation they want to get through. If they can't strip our health care away and they can't cut rich people's taxes, they're going to fall off of Team Trump. Because if they'll deal with him to get these things done, what do you think they're going to do when he stops them from getting them done? I think, I think it's the inverse. I think they're going to try to get as much done under Trump until they, can't, they, can't, uh, until they potentially can't back him up anymore in any way. And like election time happens 2018. The approval rating is so low that they eventually start distance themselves from him. But until that point... They're going to try to get as much as done to Trump because this is what's going to happen. Uh, let's say we do get it. Matter, matter what happens, how it happens, Trump eventually will probably leave office uh, at some point. And then they'll say all the uh, Trump care, uh, the, the, the economic fallout from the tax cuts, all that shit. That was all Trump. And they will, they'll, they'll win mm-hmm. re-elections and stuff like that. And they'll get the best of both worlds. They'll won't complete. That's why uh, Trump getting impeached will solve zero like, yeah, that's in, true. There's no. It'll make things better for GOP. Like Trump, because uh, Trump's always been an outsider to them. Yeah, he's like yeah. that villain in the comic that they put all you put all the the sins on him, and then yeah. he can they can absolve themselves. Yeah. So th- this is what you, this is what you do. Like people, oh, people are feeling tr- the Trump impeachment so much. Trump impeachment, like if you care about uh, actual policy being made, actual democratic victories, you should pray that the impeachment doesn't happen. Listen, absolutely has to happen because if it happens. Uh, just because of uh, political pressure, like it happened with uh, Johnson and, and Clinton, that would just make the, uh, the 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 people who voted for Trump even more bitter. They'll be more radicalized. That would just make the GOP even less culpable for Trump's actions. That would just mean, mean it'll be even harder for Democrats to, to run against the GOP. The GOP as so, like, if there is something here, support the investigation, but stop. Oh these, yeah, these, absolutely. So Sly, you want. Trump to burn down America so we won't elect another Trump again, right? I want... If, 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 if people voted Trump in. They voted Trump in to burn down America. Like, uh, the, what, the way it's supposed to happen is you let him run for four years. That's our democratic process. You let him run for four years, burn a country because that's what we voted for, and then you vote him out because that's where we, that's the, the process. But if he actually is obstructing FBI investigations, yes. and if he's actually... Yeah, of course. If, of he, course. if his campaign colluded with Russia, we have yeah. to impeach him. Right, right, but... Uh, you should so you should support the investigation. You should support, oh yeah, absolutely. You should support that. But uh, all these conspiracy theories, all these people like basically crossing their fingers saying, "Can't wait! Oh yeah, it's gonna happen." Anytime. Oh, I mean so, that's no, yeah, it, that's you see that crazy. I, yeah. I was I was at a town hall last weekend, and uh, my representative is Democrat. And the first question asked was, "When can we impeach Trump?" Yeah, like like impeachment is not going to be a pretty thing, no matter how it happens. Yeah, it's and not going I, to be pretty. The, my first thought was what you said about the the radicalization of we already have such a polarized uh, political climate that. They are not going to see this as he deserves to be removed. They're going to see this as petty politics. Yeah, They're yeah. going to see this as us spitting on them, and that that the, the people, the person they pick to fight for them, the way they see this as like the defender of the people, even though it's fucking diluted. That that we took him down, and like we couldn't, the establishment couldn't handle him, and that 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 they will, they have to get someone who can, who's even more like him. Do you think if God forbid that Trump has eight years, will that like flush the populist urges out of a lot of people? Like they'll realize that electing someone that doesn't know what they're doing isn't going to fix things. I think it will to an extent. It, that, that's what that's what the ultimate thing that will crush me is that there is no. I don't think there is any left victories like uh, like uh, populist left victories for a while because the neoliberals will probably think like we can just coast on Trump's shittiness some more. <laughs> but but. Um, I do think it's possible that that will happen, but like, like I said, like, and I don't want to seem like I'm bad mouthing our viewers or anything like that. Uh, I understand the excitement because Trump is a fucking horrible person. He is a bad, he is a bad leader. All this shit, but uh, the, you have to think about how bad it will be if impeachment happens. Like, it's not just gonna be all. One of the things. things I do want to bring up real quick, though, uh, I just saw a recent poll from the from the week before Nixon resigned, 
And 68% of his base was still with him. Like, and Republicans, <laughs> Republicans had overwhelming majority that yeah, but, they but, wanted but him. They, they didn't. Is not like 90 is still support yeah. Trump. I know. Like I know. But I'm saying this was the week before he resigned. This is after everything. Right. This isn't the beginning of the investigation. We only just appointed a special counsel. The yeah. investigation is just starting. We've only just started issuing subpoenas and getting these memos. His base is going to be up his ass no matter what. Yeah, but that's yeah. why you make sure. But I'm just saying, impeachment shouldn't be something that we're excited for. Like, it's going to make anything better. It should be something that we're doing because we have to. Like, it's something that... Oh, yeah. And that's why I think my, the fact that we got the special counsel investigator is a huge victory. Yes, my, it is. My fear, and to defend our loyal viewers who want him impeached now, uh, it, I do understand the fear that, yeah, we can say, let him be a shithead for several years, and then once he sucks, we'll, we'll, we'll recover from this as a country. I agree to the... To, the most, for the most part. However, there are some things that are, there is some damage that can be irreparable. Of like, course, yeah. it is. I'm not saying that as. And, and no, I mean like like nuclear war. If if he with reckless actions starts nuclear war, or let's for example remove sanctions off Russia, and let's Putin create a new Soviet empire in Europe, or just by having our allies stop trusting us with information, or even yeah. smaller stuff that's already occurred, like the Muslim ban that there's people that weren't allowed into America, and that changes their lives. Yeah, of course. This, this is, these are all valid. Concerns. I'm not saying that, like, in my ideal world, um, like, we would have fucking had electoral college fucking do its actual job for once and prevent <laughs> the demagogue from being elected. But we have the processes we have. So, like, all the things you're saying, like, you could make an argument that those are grounds for impeachment, of course. And no, but I, I totally agree with you, Sly, that our goal should be finding things that he did that warrant him getting kicked out of office, yeah. not writing the end first and saying we have to get him yeah, kicked out of office. Find something. Right? Yeah, yeah, let's exactly. find something. It has to be let's cuz there's a lot of evidence that yeah. there's some shady shit going and on. And he's digging his own but grave. I need concrete. Yeah, I totally agree. We need concrete irrefutable on the record evidence that he deserves to be impeached. You not want a PP tape. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. want a PP tape. <laughs> PP tape or bust. PP tape is not enough. <laughs> so like, and this is why it's such an ugly scenario because there, there's no easy way out of the Trump presidency. It's, it's going to be ugly no matter what happens. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and even if we do find a way out, you have to remember that still like 30% of the country su would support a man like him again. Like, yeah. it's, it's, this it's is a, a difficult road too. going But they're going to do that anyway, whether he's yeah. president or not. I would rather them do that when he's not. Yeah, well... Uh, it's one of those things where you have to decide what, what is the most important issue. That's why impeachment should be if it, the state of the country is at stake, which I, I, I honestly believe it is having such an incompetent buffoon, but we need to be able to prove it uh, yeah. for sure. But Repu the Republicans are starting to flake off. Yeah, they are. I wouldn't be as scared in a, in a pre-nuclear world, but today, like, the idea that he, without any, without needing approval from anyone else can launch a nuclear strike scares me a lot. Like, uh, Especially since he just fires people according to his own whims. He doesn't need anyone to do it either. He has the full authority, you know? I, I know mm -hmm. Kissinger, like with Nixon, Kissinger uh, said he will have the final... Like he made it set up that if Nixon set up a nuclear uh, strike, that he'll have to go through Kissinger first. I wonder if like uh, Trump has that banner or some shit like I that. I doubt it, but I, I, what I would hope is that if he's just like, fuck it, nuke Japan, that his, like, the, the chiefs of staff would like coup have a coup and like stop this from happening but i don't know if they would because the problem with this kind of situation is the reason there is no like chain of command for nuclear secrets or nuclear strikes is because th this is a kind of time sensitive thing that you can't wait 10 minutes after russia's launched nukes at us to be like well let's see if we can get in touch with this other guy like yeah if there's a yeah, you if can't vote a, on that right it, they can't be timed like there needs the Nuclear weapons are such a, an imminent and powerful threat at all times that there needs to be a person who can just order one at the drop of a hat. It just shouldn't be Trump. It shouldn't yeah. be him. So, so uh, that's all the great news we have for you guys today. I hope <laughs> yeah. you all feel better and reassured. Well, there'll be a nuclear winter and we won't, you know. Even if he gets impeached, it's bad for us. Yeah. yeah. More so than any other episode, uh, this will definitely... This has been the entire Facebook group for like, a, like yeah. two weeks. So... Uh, feel free to join us at Oops, I Talk Device of Issues. Yep. <laughs> if you want to see more of this shit... Slides driving go. away. No, but there's been a lot of... There's been a, a lot of people other than just us contributing. And there's there's just so much. There's so much to sift through. Yeah. Uh, so, does anybody have anything else they want to add? I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> 
Daryl? PP taper bust. PP taper bust. <laughs> <laughs> so if uh, if you guys should definitely you know tell people add them to the Facebook group. Uh, you automatically get added if someone adds you. You don't get to say no, so do that. <laughs> yeah, we have, it's like fucking Comrade Radio, uh, you know, pro yeah. You don't get here. to choose communism. We, yeah. are, we yeah. are adding you to communism. You yeah. can leave, though, so it's a little better. That's true. No, there's no Berlin Wall. Yeah. So, um, this week for... Oh, also rate and review, subscribe on iTunes, all that stuff. Uh, this week, I want to mention that last week was Writer's Week in the Comrade Radio Facebook group. And... Every, our resident geniuses, Sly and Daryl, wrote really awesome posts about their work. And other people like Jim and Malcolm and Helen and Ryan from Tales from the Static, they all wrote really cool blog posts. So you could check all those out at ComradeRadio.com. And there will also be links to buy Sly and Daryl's stuff. And it's great. Thanks for the plug. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what we do. We're comrades. We plug. We plug each other. Yeah, every day. <laughs> So thank you all for listening. I've been the Kremlin Agent Sanders. Wait, what's that guy's name? Which I've guy? been I've been Sergey Sergey Lavrov. I've been a testicle man. <laughs> and I've been talking to this testicle man off the record. <laughs> Oops, I ended the podcast. Comraderadio.com. Independent Podcasting Network.